This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hello and welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. Pray you will be blessed. My name's Dennis. And I'm on my own this time. My wife um, is down in South Island, um, like she was last time, so um, I'm here. Um, here at Amazing Grace, we want uh, to hear from you. Um, we, <coughs> we also have free giveaways. DVD called How the End Will End and a wonderful book called Steps to Jesus. Also, we're happy to pray uh, for you or a friend or a family member on or off air. You can contact us. Um, you can email us on www.mpr.nz or you can text us on 022-6815-216. So i just like to say a prayer to start with. Um, Father in heaven, we thank you for your love towards us. Thank you that um, you've given us another year. It's wonderful to be alive and um, to know that you exist and that you've given us life and that you have redeemed us and that you're going to create this world again and you're going to live with us forever. What a wonderful thought, Lord. So be with us here um, on this program, and I pray for each of the listeners. May they know that you love them dearly. So we leave ourselves in your care, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I um, I want to read from um, John 10, and I'm going to read from verse 14 um, to 18. This is for our devotion. We see, now this is what Jesus talking. This is God talking. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and are known by my own. Isn't that an interesting verse? As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. And they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have no power to lay it down. No, he says, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. This command I have received from my Father. So the interesting thing there is um, <clears throat> he has other sheep that are not of this fold. Now, I want to tell you a story. Um, 
And this is about a um, young lady in India. Uh, her name is Amanda. Now, her job growing up um, was to, well, her father was a Hindu um, Hindu priest, and he used to um, he used to burn the bodies by this river. So he would, um, that's how he made his living. And he got his daughter, Amanda, to go into the river after the cremations and to collect any valuables and she would bring them back and give it to her father. Um, So that was her job. So when she was about 14, um, in India they have arrangements for marriage. So the parents um, arrange the weddings and um, so a diary was paid. The man was chosen, and a diary, 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 diary um, was uh, paid. And then, about a week before the um, the wedding, um, Amanda told her father that she had no feeling in her fingers. So, what had actually happened? Um, the lepers, or well, leprosy in um, India or in different places. And they would come down and bathe in the river, right? And she had caught leprosy, and so the um, the wedding was called off, and the money given back, um, the dowry, or diary, or dowry, however you say it, uh, was given back. The money was given back, and then the father took some rubies out and he gave it to Amanda, and he said, "Go and never come back." Go and never come back. Oh, you imagine that, saying that to your daughter, to your daughter. You know, how could a man be so cold-hearted and do it? And she turned to his, um, she turned to her mother and her mother said, go and never come back. Oh, it seems um, so amazing that um, parents would do that. So... This 14-year-old young lady, she went out onto the streets and um, her rubies were soon gone and then she's living out of um, rubbish cans. She's losing weight and she's getting worse and worse. And then this guy picks her up and he, um, you know, he... He seems to care for her and he, you know, gives her food and she puts on weight and, uh, but then he used her as a sex slave, right, and as a prostitute. How, how sad, eh? Oh, this world is hard for a lot of people. And so <clears throat> she eventually got away from him and um, she was back on the streets and um, she was getting worse and worse, and she eventually she ended up in a Mother Teresa leper, um, you know, place where they dealt with people who had leprosy. Now, leprosy is not a big problem today; they can cure it, right? And so this is what they did for Amanda. Now, interesting that. So she's brought up in a Hindu family, right? 
And in this um, place where all the uh, lepers were, um, that uh, Mother Teresa and her organisation were looking after, didn't Mother Teresa do a wonderful job? And um, I've watched the film about ten times. I've got the film at home. And, um, oh, woman of compassion. See, it's what Jesus made that woman. But anyhow... There was a riot in um, in this place with all these lepers, and uh, there was a new one coming in, and one guy um, had to give up his bed for um, this person coming in, and he caused a riot. And what happened, the lady in charge, the mother superior, um, she came in and she's praying, Lord, have mercy on these people, and she's holding up the cross, She's got a cross around her neck and she's holding it up and she um, prays this. And Amanda is impressed. And so she knew that this mother superior, she um, she used to pray. She'd been an hour every day just praying. So Amanda decided that she was going to watch this lady. Um, and so that's what she did. For a whole month, she watched this lady, the mother superior, praying. And, you know, just watching this woman praying, right, at the end of that month, she comes down to the mother superior and she says, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Just by watching this woman, eh? Oh. So... Um, they taught her how to read, and uh, they trained her, and they sent her to New York City, and uh, she was she works for the AIDS victims in New York City. Isn't that wonderful, eh? What God can do. Him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. Isn't that wonderful? So um, I'll just close with a prayer um, for this devotion. Thank you, Lord that uh, you love every soul in this world, no matter what religion, um, no matter who they are, what they believe, if they come to you, they can have peace and they can have joy and they can have the hope of eternal life. So bless each person here, Lord, that's listening and um, help them to know that you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're just going to have a break and we're going to have a song.
one made of shame and splinters, the sacrifice for ruined man, the substitute for sinners, as earth is stained with royal blood and quakes with love and King in all his beauty. How worthy, how worthy, how worthy the King in all his beauty. Now see the Savior. Isn't that a, a wonderful song? I, I love songs about Jesus. Now, we normally have a, um, a health um, tip here, and I've been going through um, some questions that often come up, especially with Christians, um, on um, diet. And often people um, use the Bible um to um, do what they want. See, we're all like this. If you want to believe something, um, no matter what evidence is given, you'll. if you're not open, you'll still do the same thing. But last time I was talking about the difference between clean and unclean. Now, often uh, people say who want to eat um, anything, they any meat or whatever they want to eat, um, they say it's old Jewish laws and Jesus, um, you know, said you can eat anything. Righto. So um, I've I got a question here. Since God told um, Noah every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you, even as the green herbs have I given you all things. So that that's from um, Genesis nine verse three, and we we learned last time, and we read um, that there was two pairs of the unclean animals went into the ark, and seven pairs of the clean animals. So God has made a distinction. Now, isn't it 
isn't it permissible that eat? You know, is it permissible to eat what what you want? We might ask: Was God giving Noah permission to eat snakes and rats and um, whatever? You know, certainly not. Noah already knew the difference between the clean and the unclean foods, and we have that in Genesis two seven and verse two. God was making a statement: Noah, you may now eat flesh foods. The evidence of this is that um, God clearly forbade unclean animals later in both Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. Since God does not change his moral standard and since God's character does not change, um, he did not give permission to Noah to do something that he forbade Moses to do. All God's laws, including those regarding health, were given in love to reduce disease and increase happiness. That's what um, Exodus fifteen twenty six says. So many of the scientific communities recognize the health principles of the Bible can significantly um, assist in reducing both heart disease and cancer. God's way is best. <clears throat> now, I all my um, life, I'm, I became a Christian when I was 23, and now I'm 70. Life goes so quick. It's amazing how quick it goes. Now, <clears throat> I read an interesting article in um, a magazine. I was in the bush. My wife loves hiking, and I don't mind going. It's good exercise, and I can read a bit. And um, I have more time. And this is what this article, Jane um, Clifton, um, this is November 21, it was in The Listener, um, 2020, and this is what she said. Poverty in wealthy China brought us COVID via filthy and cruel live animals markets. Um, So, you know, today... When you, like I've said, uh, the evidence is um, best that we stay away from all animal products. That's the best way to go. Vegans who do it right um, live the longest. And the scientific evidence proves that today. Um, So last time I I dealt with... um, between, you know, the clean animals and uh, the unclean. If you have a look in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 7, uh, no, Deuteronomy 14, Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, it gives a distinction, you know. And I gave the example of my father. You know, we used to, (laughs) me growing up with my father, we used to eat all sorts of things, rabbits. um, We ate pigeons. We ate all sorts of things. Um, and goodness knows what my father ate in his lifetime. Um, so, and he died of cancer. And when I became a Christian, the lady over the road says, Oh, I don't know how you can give up your pork chops, you know, because I became a vegetarian. And she was dead in a few years later from cancer. Now, here is an interesting statement um, that I got from a book. It says, People are continuing eating flesh that is filled with tuberculosis and cancerous germs. 
tuberculosis and cancer and other fatal diseases are thus communicated, right? So we know over 100 diseases are communicated from animals to humans, right? Um, I heard on the news yesterday about um, some ham that got out and uh, they were desperately trying to get it all back, right? Now, for instance, fish. Fish. In many places, fish become so contaminated by the filth of which they feed on. You know, you you often hear about um, sewage getting into the ocean, right? Um, and um, let me read it again. In many places, fish become so contaminated by the the filth on which they feed as to be a cause of disease. This is especially the case where fish come in contact with the sewage of large cities, right? And it's becoming more and more a problem. You know, you have all these floods and they have an overflow and the sewage goes out to the sea. So the safest way today is, I believe, is back to the original diet, fruits, nuts, grains, vegetables. Um, That's the safest way. You know, it's so sad to see so many people suffer. You know, women getting breast cancer. Oh, how devastating it must be for a woman to lose her breast and then have to go through chemo, radiation. Oh, I feel so sad, you know. And then you've got uh, men, so often of them um, with um, prostate cancer. Right, and then um, if they don't get it in time, it goes into the bone and to die from bone cancer and lung cancer. You know, it's a big problem um, today, lung cancer um, in New Zealand, you know, not only from smoking but pollution but also what we eat, you know. It's good to get into the bush, get into the bush and breathe the oxygen from the the trees, Right, so breathing, air is so important, water is so important. Um, so these things um, are meant to be a blessing for us, you know. They really are. You know, the Bible is the manual for living. In every way, the Bible is the manual. I didn't know that once. You know, the home that I grew up, we ate everything, you know. We used to kill um, a, um, a pig and we had no deep freeze, and we had to eat it two or three times a day to get rid of it, you know. Otherwise, we would have to chuck it out. And so <clears throat> I've learned a lot. And it's interesting, um, in the Western world, and you have a look at these different groups around the world, um, because Seventh-day Adventists put a lot of emphasis on health, um, they live... Uh, an average of eight to ten years longer than the general population. Now, it's interesting. American has spent millions of dollars researching Seventh-day Adventists and their lifestyle, right? Now, a lot of people in the in the Seventh-day Adventist church don't follow it, right? They don't follow it. But um, so if they did studies on the ones that did follow it, I wonder what the... Um, results would be so health is really really important you know god wants us to prosper and be in health now bodies 
are the temple of God, and God wants us to look after them, you know? He really does. So health is really important. So um, <clears throat> just a, a, a few thoughts there for you, you know. And, um, you know, God is really for us. He loves every one of us. And uh, we are all precious in his sights. So <clears throat> we're going to have a um, we're going to have a break now, and we'll come back, and we're going to um, we're going to um, share a few more thoughts on the Book of Revelation, which is such an amazing book. But uh, before the break, I um, I, I just mentioned that um, we we have giveaways. We have um, the book Steps to Christ, and um, we have the DVD um, How the World Will End, right? And, um, you know, the book Steps to Christ, such a wonderful book. And also um, in Palmerston North, in um, um, quite a few, a lot of takeaways, they have this book called um, what the Signs magazine? You will see it there, free um, to um, free magazine. Take it away, and they have such good articles in them. Things on health that you um, you have recipes, you have articles on health, how you can live longer and be happy. It's not much fun, you know, when you're sick. There's things on there's articles on depression. There's all sorts of articles on faith. Um, there's things to do with the family, uh, all sorts of articles. Um, they come out once a month, 11 times a year. So they're free, right? Someone else is paying for them. So um, do yourself a favor and read the um, the magazine. So um, if you want to contact us and if you want to get um, any of our free books or you would like um, us to pray for you, you can contact us by email www.mpr.nz or you can text us on 0226815216. So we will come back after we have our break. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. So welcome back to, um, to Amazing Grace, um, our programme. And uh, now it's come time to look at the book of Revelation. Now, last time I was, um, I was sharing <coughs> um, some verses from the book of Daniel. Now... We're looking at Revelation 13. We're going to share a few thoughts on the, um, the big crisis ahead for everyone in the world. It's going to affect everyone. And <clears throat> I, I'm going to read actually from the only sermon that, or the main sermon that Jesus took on the subject uh, when he was here on earth, and which is chapter 24, Matthew 24. And it, it says um, in verse... Nine, verse nine. We're talking about the crisis at the end. Um, see, we we have um, in verse three. The disciples ask, "Well, when will these things happen?" And 
and um, when will these things happen? What is the sign of you coming in the end of the age? And then Jesus said, watch out, people will deceive you. There'll be wars, rumors, nation against nation. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. And all these things are the beginning of birth pains. Right, So that's what's happening in our world. We're getting more and more of these things, more and more disasters. We'd have to be blind to uh, uh, not to see that. These disasters are coming quite thick. Now it says, verse 9, this is when we have a big change, and it says, then, well, I don't believe we're there yet, but we're getting close to it, I believe, then we will be handed over and be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. So God's people are in for a hard time, right? At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, right? Now, why would they do that? Because it says there, verse 11, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. See, people are going to be deceived. This is talking about Christians. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. But it says, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And then it says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Right? So the disciple says, when, when is the end? And Jesus said, you know, natural disasters and wars and all that. But that's not the end. But he says, when you see the gospel go all around the world, then the end will take place. Right? And then it says, when you see um, standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Now, most people would never clue what that means. But abomination, if you have a look in the Old Testament, stands for an idol. And um, desolation um, <clears throat> is the enforcement of the worship of that idol. And um, a very good illustration is Daniel 3, where you have this big idol and all the nations are... Um, commanded to worship this idol, dedication of this idol. And then we have the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They wouldn't bend down and worship the idol, and they were cast into the fiery furnace. So this is a picture of the end of the world, right? So, <clears throat> for instance, in... Um, Romans 9.28, it says, For the Lord will carry out his sentence on the earth uh, with speed and finality. So the picture that we have of the end of the world, the last movements are going to be very rapid. They're going to be very rapid. So we haven't got there yet, but we're definitely getting closer. Every day we're getting closer to that final event. Now I'm going to read to you from Revelation um, 3, verse 10 and 11, right? And it says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I also will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth, right? So it's saying <clears throat> there's a test coming on the whole world, right? 
But God's going to keep his people from that hour of trial, right? Test them to those who live on the earth. It says those who live on the earth. It's a phrase in the book of Revelation about six or eight times, and it means those who are not God's people, right? Now, when this is finished, he says, Behold, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Verse 12 said to him that overcome, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. And then you've got all these promises there. So a test is coming upon the whole world, right? And that's what Revelation 13 is all about. It's very similar to uh, Daniel chapter 3. Now, I want to take you back um, to <coughs> Malachi. Malachi, um, if you've got a pen, um, paper, you could write these verses down. This is uh, Malachi. We've got to get to Malachi and uh, be there in a minute. And Malachi, the uh, fourth chapter and the last couple of verses and this is what it says. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Right? I see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to his children and the hearts of the children to their fathers or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Right. So isn't that interesting? Right. Now, when you go over to Matthew 11, Matthew 11, <coughs> now Jesus applies it to his time, right? And it says in Matthew 11, verse 14, For all the prophets of the Lord prophesied unto John, that's verse 13, and if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, ears, um, let him hear. Right, so the Elijah to who, who was to come, right, Jesus said John the Baptist fulfilled that. Now, when it comes to the end of the world, see, that's a little picture at the time of Jesus of one person, right? He is the Elijah. But if you're going to have um, Elijah in the last days, he can't be just one person. He's got to be a group of people taking the Elijah message around the world. It's got to be global, see? Um, and so God is going to raise up... Um, a Elijah message. Now, the Elijah message is actually, and this will become really important when false worship is um, forced upon us. Now, last time I read um, the chapter, Revelation 13. Now, I want to read the Elijah message for the last day. Right? I believe that this will happen when God pours out his spirit and this gospel goes to the whole world, the whole world. And this is what the Elijah message is, verse 6. And he says, I saw another angel flying in the mid-air and he had the eternal gospel, or some versions say the everlasting gospel, to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language and people. So this is global. It's going everywhere. Right, 
And um, it says, and he said with a loud voice, so it's loud, fear God, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. When you read in Revelation 16 with the plagues being poured out, that's the judgment it's talking about. And it says, worship him, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Right, so fear God, give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him. Right, so that's the first angel's message. This is the Elijah message. Right, so God wants to save people. Right, that's what He wants to do. So in verse eight, the the second angel's message follows, saying, Babylon. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, which made all nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Now, when you go to chapter 18, you have um, talking about Babylon. And isn't it interesting, verse 4, um, 18 and verse 4, Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people. Right, so God's people are in Babylon. Babylon stands for false religion. Um, false religion. Right, that's what it stands for. False religion. Right, Babylon, the Tower of Babel, was a very religious. They were trying to make their way to heaven. They were building this tower, and you know how strange human nature is. You know, God said that he would bring a flood. They didn't believe him, so the world was destroyed in a flood. And then after that, um, God said he wasn't going to bring another flood, but they make a tower in case, you know, there comes another flood. So Babylon was very religious. Um, So God is calling his people out of Babylon. And then the third angel followed, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast, his image, and receives the mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his wrath. And he shall be tormented um, tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. So the most solemn uh, warning there for not taking God seriously here. So um, I think it's time that we had a break and uh, we're going to play um, another another song. And um, here we go. High on Calvary's tree Whose redemptive blood Makes way for me I now give everything To the King who came In the form of a child A powerful God And yet so mild Whose obedience shows the way for me I humbly come to Thee 
the best thing we can do is give our life to the King. The King who given us life, created us. You know, it's God's will that we're on this planet. That's what it says, Revelation 4 and verse 11. The best that we can do. The way to be truly happy. This world is not going to give us happiness. Only God can give us happiness. So we're going through the book of Revelation and we're dealing with um, um, Revelation chapter 13, which is the crisis, the crisis at the end of the world. Now, Jesus had a last days. Matthew 24, Jesus gives the signs of the end of the world. Now, in Jesus' last week, we have a pattern of what it is going to be like. Um, so when you read Matthew 24, you have the signs and then um, you have them acted out in the passion story, the story of Jesus and the cross. So <clears throat> here we have the religious leaders, the different religious groups. They combined and they wanted to get rid of Christ. They couldn't do that. So they had to go to the state, the state which was the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire didn't want to do um, what the the religion of the day wanted them to do. Pilate said, I find nothing wrong in this man. But he eventually um, killed him, put him on a cross and killed him. Right. So this is the pattern of the world at the end. We're going to see church and we're going to see the state together, church and state. Now, wherever you see church and state combined, um, anywhere in the world, no matter what religion, it always ends up with intolerance and persecution. That's how it has been. Now, last time we read Revelation 13. Now, I can't go into too much detail here, um, but... If you see the Bible as its own interpreter, so you have a beast uh, that comes out of the sea. Now, just let me uh, mention a few things about it. Now, the only way um, to find out um, what that beast is is to read Daniel um, chapter 7. Chapter 7. Now, if you go to chapter 7... Um, <clears throat> You have these, you have four beasts, right? <clears throat> you have, you have um, a lion, you have a bear, and you have a leopard, a leopard, bear, um, beast, and you have this fourth beast, and he has ten horns, and he has crowns on them. So this beast. Um, in Revelation 13, it comes out of the sea. Um, see, <clears throat> very similar language there. Now, um, when you go into the interpretation of the vision, um, verse 17, the four beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Now, in the other verse that says about that, he gave this explanation. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom that will appear on earth, and it will be different from the other kingdoms, and it will devour the whole earth and trample it down and crush it. <laughs> and it also says that um, he will uh, speak great words against the Most High and oppress the saints, 
and try to change the set times and the laws. Right? So this is a persecuting power, and this is a power that changes God's law. Right? And this is a religious power. Right, he's different. So this power had to come um, out of Europe. This power has to come out of Europe. It's a small kingdom, and it came around the time of the breakup of the Roman Empire, and it's going to last right to the final judgment at the end of the world. And it's a power that persecutes it it's religious, but it has the power of the state behind it, and it persecutes, right? So you think back in history and what power that could be. It's got to come out of Europe. It's got to come. It's got to start around the time of the breakup of the Roman Empire. It changes God's law, and it persecutes, right? So um, that's some of the clues. So this. Power is going to be very powerful. See, all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, right? So you're going to have this conflict um, between um, bad religion, church and state against um, true religion. That's how it's going to be, right? So that's a wee bit about um, the first beast. Like and like I said, all the inhabitants of the earth will worship this beast, and this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness as a part of God's saints. Now, when we go into the second beast, the second beast, um, <coughs> we got a few clues. Right now, it says that I saw another beast coming out of the earth. Now, before, I should mention also, um, so this first beast, now when you go to Revelation um, 17, 17, see, 16 is the plagues that are poured out after probation closed on those who are trying to destroy God's people. So when you go into 17, it's why these plagues are poured out. Now, for instance, um, 17 verse 3, and he said, Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into the desert, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names. It had seven heads and ten horns. Right, And um, verse 6 says, I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints. She's drunk with them. Right, and um, so this is a, a woman riding a scarlet beast. So here we have church and state will be enforcing false worship. Right. So now, when you get into um, the second beast that comes out of the earth, like I said, I can't give you too much detail. Now, um, in Revelation. <coughs> 11, 11 and 12, Revelation 13, 11 and 12. It says, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon, and he exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf, and he made the earth and the inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. Right, so this second beast 
is lamb-like. It's got two horns like a lamb, right? Lamb speaks in Revelation of Christ. A lamb, right? A lamb. So it was a Christian power, but then it speaks like the dragon. Um, verse 14, it says, because of, the, because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth, and he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet live. So this lamb-like beast makes an image to the first beast. So this second beast is really powerful. Right? Verse 15, and he has given, he gave power to give breath to the image of the first beast and that he could speak and cause all who refused to be worshipped to be killed. Right? <clears throat> Those who refuse to worship are threatened with death. See, this is how the devil works. He forces Right, in verse um, 16, it says he forces everyone, small, great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on the right hand or the forehead. So this is worldwide, worldwide. So a beast, like I read to you from Daniel, Daniel um, 7, represents in Bible prophecy a kingdom, king or a kingdom. So in Revelation 13, we have two beasts. So we've got two kingdoms here. And that is, this is going to be the crisis at the end of the age. See, God um, allows people, um, he's allowed the world to go its way. You know, for instance, this country was set up um Really, missionaries in the beginning came into New Zealand and um, they shared the gospel with the Maoris. And many, many Maoris, a lot of them, took on Christianity. And when you think about what the um, Europeans did, they come and they take the land off the Maoris and the country's been paying for it ever since. So <clears throat> these things... Uh, you know, people have turned away in the Western world. A lot of people have turned away from Christianity. And this the country has, you know, the countries of the West have been blessed because of Christianity. But they're turning away. And I believe that great trouble is coming from um, especially the Western world. Um, so this is a crisis really that will affect the whole world. So anyhow, we've run out of time and um, I'll have to uh, come back and uh, deal with this next time. So um, God bless you and um, I'd just like to say a prayer to finish. So Father, if you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Love them and you want them. Um, Lord, we just thank you for grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. So Lord, we uh, we just leave ourselves in your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen.
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.